Get ready for your weekly dose of talent strategies and tactics from industry leaders to help you attract, select, and retain your top talent. You're listening to Verseek's Inside Executive Search with Steve Yakish and Scott Peterson. Inside Executive Search Podcast. My name is Steve Yakish, and this show is for business owners, board members, and executives exploring strategies and tactics to attract, select, and retain top executive talent. So if you're challenged and not feeling 100% confident that you have a plan to recruit the very best for your key roles, keep listening. This podcast will get you there. So last week we covered how to gain alignment in the position profile and a development of a compelling story to attract these top candidates. Today's episode is focused on another element that needs to be in place, and that's executive compensation. That said, I'd like to bring Scott Peterson in from Verseek. Hi, Steve. It's great to be back again this week uh, to talk about one of those uh, additional uh, strategies and tactics uh, to help companies find their top talent. Awesome. Well, hey, for our first-time listeners, Scott's a 20-year veteran in the executive search industry and leads Verseek's executive leadership practice. So, Scott, we talked there are five basic aspects to executive compensation. We have base salary, annual bonus, long-term incentive, benefits, and executive perks. So let's tackle them one at a time, and let's let's start with base salary, the easy one. Yeah, that sounds great. And and base salary is um, dependent on a lot of things. Um, It's dependent on size of organization, whether the company is private or public, Mm -hmm. um, geographic location in the country, certainly uh, New York City pays a lot more than uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, so you have to take all those things into consideration, do your market research, understand your competition, mm-hmm. um, and, and work with firms uh, like us to help uh, understand what we've been seeing lately in the marketplace as well. Sure. So if you are going to do it on, on your own, r- really the best case scenario would be find competitors in your industry, same size, and then adjust based on geographic location. That's probably the easiest and most simplistic. Yeah, there's a lot of tools that are that are available out there um, that you can do that with. And, and certainly we are always happy to help our clients with some of that individual market research sure. with, with current searches that we're doing or have completed. Perfect. All right, we'll move on to annual bonuses. Uh, like it says in the title, it paid out annually once a year. <laughs> right. All right. Um, and these bonuses are typically to drive certain behaviors, incentives, just like any other bonus within an organization. Yeah, but typ- how do companies handle it at an executive level? Yeah, typically these are going to be cash bonuses um, uh, and, again, paid out on an annual basis. Um, these, are, these are meant to uh, incent the, the right behavior of, of the executive, meaning they're trying to drive performance at the company uh, in, in the area that either – the CEO is looking for or the board of directors is looking for performance. Um, So it's really tied to pay for performance, and that is um, a a really huge deal uh, for companies to to really align that way. Sure. Probably the two main criteria, either EBITDA growth and or top-line growth. Those are two two common ones. Two typically common ones, and there's obviously, you know, many, many more uh, beyond that depending on where you're at in the company. So how do companies handle it if they're in a little bit more of a turnaround situation and, and they're not quite ready for that growth or to drive high top-line revenue growth? How do, how do they handle that? Right, and typically those companies are, are got some 
what they call objectives or management objectives over the over that next six to twelve months, and um, there might be three to five of those. Um, it could be, hey, we need to restructure our debt for the company. Um, we need to um, divest in a in an underperforming division. Sure. And those those things can be still paid out in terms of bonuses because they've met those objectives. And so as you're going through in a turnaround situation, those are the types of things that we've seen. And then those typically will convert once the company has been stabilized and now in a position to grow because they divested a, a division or they restructured their debt. Now that's probably MBOs are going away in a typical right. top line or EBITDA annual performance. Yeah, that's typically what you okay. see for sure. Perfect. All right, so probably the most complicated one, long-term incentives. Um, let's start with maybe the easiest of one. If you're trying to structure compensation for a publicly traded company, right? those mechanisms are generally in place. But how? give the listeners a little bit of idea how they're structured. Yeah, the public companies typically have a few extra um, – Tools in the in the toolbox sure. to uh, incent um, executives, and that those are um, stock options, restricted stock um, grants, um, anything around the stock of their company. So, um, you know, typically you start seeing those as um, um, vesting over a three to five year period, um, so they're earned for longevity and performance, sure. um, which is which is um, you know mutually beneficial to the the executive as the as well as the company. Sure. And what's typical vesting periods for that you're seeing? Is it probably three, four? Yes, yeah, anywhere from that three or four or five years, depending on the, the company. Okay. And just to the listeners, so when you know the, the options come fully vested, yeah, you might be getting some dividends like any other shareholder, but it's really the biggest gain is in the growth of the stock price, correct? That's correct. That's where yes. you're going to gain the most. Yep. Okay. All right, so let's look at if it's a privately held company, don't have those mechanisms and stock right. options available. How are, how are companies handling that? Yeah, the, the really kind of cool thing in the marketplace that we've seen is private companies not necessarily having those same tools to use, but they're getting creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're trying to do is how do we create an equity-like model mm-hmm. in a private company without giving up ownership? So they're creating programs that, that act like equity. Um, some call them, sometimes you call them phantom shares. Um, go shares, uh, mm-hmm. if you will, and um, you know it's, it incents someone from a, a growth perspective and value creation of that company. So sometimes a company might uh, do a valuation and, and have that as the base point, mm-hmm. um, and over the over the next three to five years, they do continual valuations on an annual basis, um, and that participation and that value increase over those years is 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 paid out to their um, to their executive. Perfect. And still typically on a vesting period, even though it's privately held? Yeah, that's yep. correct. Yep, still okay. vested usually. So that also acts as a retention mechanism as well, correct? Yep. Um, in the business, that's the golden handcuffs. There right? you go. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, let's maybe move on to benefits. Um, I know executives are typically highly compensated from a cash standpoint, but benefits are still important. So Walk us through what are you hearing from a, a benefit standpoint? Yeah, certainly something that you don't want to ignore in the process um, because everyone uh, is still concerned about having great health insurance um, and other benefits that come with the company. Um, you know, some of the some of the areas that that um, that executives might be uh, interested in is you know what's the what is the flexibility that this company creates from working from home or working remotely? Sure. Um, you know, we're starting to see executives that live in a different city than they actually work. Sure. Um, and so how does that, how is the company seeing those today? And uh, there's this 
a tremendous amount more flexibility, and that came along with the technology increase, right? The ability sure. to be remoted, uh, remote and still being able to be effective. And I can only assume if, if an executive's coming in to grow a company, he or she's going to want to know the, the other people I'm going to try to attract on my team, do they get that same flexibility? So it becomes right. do, doubly important. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially today with, with flexibility, um, you know, people, I think millennials get a bad, bad rap in this world right now. And, mm-hmm. and for, um, and so they like flexibility, like they like to have that and, and they still perform at a very high level, um, even though they might be working remotely. Perfect. All right, well, let's move on to the last one, executive perks. Uh, and no, they're not quite as prevalent as they were in the past, but I know they're still out there. So what are some of the typical ones you're seeing? Yeah, so maybe we'll kind of step back and say, what did they get in the past more? You know, those were country club memberships, um, um, health club memberships, those kind of things. And, sure. and those are still out there uh, from company to company. Um, one of the big ones that, that we see uh, uh, is access to a to an executive um, health program like the one at Mayo Clinic here sure. in Minnesota. And so paying for that um, annual um, visit to, to Mayo is a big benefit not only to that to that executive but to the company um, because if there's if there was a catastrophic event with that executive it does it does hurt the organization as well. So it's a it's kind of a win win um, benefit for the company as well as the executive. Perfect. So I'm going to throw one last topic in here, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. We haven't talked about severance yeah. packages, and these are typically what we see all the time at the executive level. So what would what should companies offer up from a severance, and right. why is that important? Right, and I, th- I think most most executive um, uh, employment agreements, if we all, if mm-hmm. you will, um, have a element of a severance or a change of control um, mm-hmm. uh, definition in there. Um, so severances, uh, again, can vary uh, by company. So there's not one size fits all again. Um, but typically you're seeing a six-month severance um, to anywhere from two-year severance, depending, in, again, on company, what their competitors are offering, mm-hmm. what did they come out of, what was their previous package that they had. Um, change of control is just that. The company mm-hmm. got sold, um, and typically when a company gets sold, the new CEO comes in and likes to make changes. Um, so, again, um, they get that severance at a change in control as well. Perfect. So that's a very, it's almost another whole topic on, on uh, employment agreements that we could do yeah. on another podcast. <laughs> um, just like long-term incentives, we could do a whole podcast on that too. Perfect. All right. Well, I guess in summary, and we'll wrap things up, um, really five elements, base salary, annual cash bonus, long-term incentives, benefits and executive perks and there's no one size fits all in this so unfortunately not <laughs> yeah so you got to get out do your homework understand what the com- the landscape is from a, a competitive nature both as a general market and your competitors um, but it's really about incenting and creating a comp package to drive the behavior you're looking for whether Absolutely. it's growth EBITDA top line or a turnaround situation and set those behaviors that the company needs most Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Well, that'll conclude this episode. And uh, next week, we are going to continue on the attraction theme and discuss how companies should view internal versus external candidates, how you can activate your network, and finally, how to do that market research to potentially isolate some viable candidates. So as always, if you want to get a hold of Scott, visit Verseek.com or look him up on LinkedIn. And we're excited. Uh, we previewed this last week, but uh, we are excited to announce we're going to be we are now live on all the major podcast pl- 
platforms like Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to get a dose of inside executive search on a weekly basis, please uh, hop out to one of those platforms and subscribe to our podcast. So take care, everyone, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week, Scott. Sounds great, Steve. Looking forward to it again.